Talking Tendons Number 4, a case study of patellotendinopathy with Kaz. Welcome to the Run Smarter Podcast, the podcast helping you overcome your current and future running injuries by educating and transforming you into a healthier, stronger, and smarter runner. My name is Brody Sharp. I am the guy to reach out to when you've finally decided enough is enough with your persistent running injuries. I'm a physiotherapist, the owner of the Breakthrough Running Clinic, and your podcast host. I'm excited to bring you today's lesson and to add to your ever-growing running knowledge. Let's work together to overcome your running injuries, getting you to that starting line and finishing strong. So let's take it away. I think I'll start doing episodes like this more often. We're doing a case study, which I haven't done before on the podcast, but hopefully in your eyes is extremely beneficial because I know it would be for me if I was a listener. This is a client of mine. We're not going to use her full name for confidentiality reasons, but she's more than happy to be called Kaz for the episode. We're going to discuss today uh, her presentation how she developed this tendinopathy, how it progressed up until the point of seeing me as a physio and how we've managed it the last four or five weeks or so. You're going to take a lot away from this and not only learning how a tendon responds and how chronic and irritated tendons can get, but you're going to take away some really good management skills and see how they're actually implemented based on the principles that we've learnt on earlier episodes of Talking Tendons, but then also how it actually applies to an individual who's going through frustrations and has running goals. Because I do hear a lot of feedback from runners who are so passionate about running and so caught up in running that it's almost the only thing that they can do. And Kaz is a very, or she calls it stubborn, Um, I'll call it highly passionate runner who just wants to get back and have the freedom and have control to run at any distance and any pace that she wants, but is so limited with the symptoms that she does have. So um, we ride the roller coaster of emotions. There's a lot of downs, but some glimpses of small wins at the moment throughout her management and we're just stuck right into the middle of this. This isn't a success story. This is an interview with someone right in the middle of this scenario. And so the emotions are still raw. The symptoms and the flare-ups and everything are very recent. And I'm so grateful that she agreed to come on and share her story. We're keeping all information confidential unless Kaz decides to share this out to um, you if you're a friend or family or associate uh, then you'll know who she is but we've managed to keep all other identifying facts out of the interview so without further ado let's take it away with Kaz. Kaz can you just talk about your lead up to starting to develop symptoms like how long ago it was and what your um, build up was what sort of your preparations were what your uh, where your racing was coming into it and yeah, when symptoms came on. So if you want to take it away, we'll start with that. Yep. Sure. Um, October last year, I, um, did a 10 K, um, just at the Melbourne marathon. Um, hadn't run a whole heap before that, but I've been active in the gym doing weights and um, a few runs here and there. And 
pulled up okay, but just started to get a little bit um, of a niggle in my knee. And then um, I did another run in December, another 10Ks, and I was significantly, significantly more um, sore after that race. Um, and I just thought it was just, you know, um, just wear and tear a little bit. But then the pain um, in my tendon at the front of the knee got a little bit worse over time, especially over Christmas. So it was starting to affect daily activities. So getting, um, going into a squat, just, you know, pick up things off the floor and um, play with my kids. And I, it just got progressively worse. Um, so then because it had, was a couple of months, I decided to go, I was seeing an osteo, but they were saying structurally everything was okay. And it was just a bit of, um, they, they said runner's knee maybe, but there was no definite diagnosis. So after a few osteo treatments, then I had an MRI, which identified that I had a, um, a sprain in my patella tendon, a three centimeter sprain. So, um, yeah, that's when I thought, okay, I need to do something besides just rest and, you know, which is what the doctor said to do, you know, running at all for three months. So that didn't really work for, yeah. for me. So this is when I sought other other advice. So, yeah. Up until, so when you first developed symptoms in October and you mm-hmm. said symptoms started to get a bit worse around that December mark, were you yep. not running in that, that window? Um, running once a week, if that, uh, it was, it was just really sore to actually take any, um, every step that I did running, it hurt. So I thought, mm. um, and my brother had just had his, um, had an ACL, you know, operation. So I could, he was saying, oh, maybe it's the same. And I just was sort of not doing much after that because I thought, oh, I don't want to aggravate it. I didn't know how bad it was. Um, but definitely wasn't able to run more than four Ks definitely without pain so that's when I sought some medical um a medical scan to, to determine how bad it was so yeah. yeah and so running about 4k's once a week was painful but then you started yeah. noticing towards December that even not running and your daily activities were starting yeah. to become symptomatic yeah um, walking and, was hurting yeah. yeah yeah everything was hurting yeah okay <laughs> um how about when you weren't exercising? Were you noticing any ache, like if you were laying down in bed or um, just like sitting yeah. for long periods of time? Yeah. So if I was in bed, I was I would sit with my knees tucked in and the next morning it was just really painful um, to sort of straighten the knee. Um, if you exercise in the gym, what were aggravating me, so squats and lunges and um, just going on my tippy toes was, was hurting. So... Um, that's when I knew that there was something a little bit more serious than just a, a little ache and pain. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. And even just having a look at your scans prior and seeing that there was a three centimetre strain, it um, it kind of raised a few questions for me because a strain means there's not really a lot of um, actual physical damage. And so mm. it, it confused me why it was a three centimetre. It wouldn't be yeah. like a tear or something because um, that's usually associated with something a lot more traumatic than just yeah. running. But yes. with the symptoms and your previous history that you're telling me, it seemed like it did fall into the category of like the patella tendinopathy because yeah. um, based on your symptoms, it didn't seem like it was travelling much else around the knee it seemed like it was just isolated that tendon yeah and 
just um, for the listeners to, um, for me to just explain a little bit what was going on in my mind, it's, it was very load dependent and we uh, worked through a few strengthening exercises for you and it seemed like the more and more we loaded that tendon that it would go, um, it would produce more and more pain. So walking, maybe a little bit of pain, squats, a little bit more pain, single leg squats, a lot more pain. And mm. um, the more and more demand for that tendon, the more and more uh, pain was associated, which is very common with patellar tendinopathies or with any tendinopathy. So you yeah. mentioned that you had some other treatments with the osteo, but um, wasn't really uh, resolving. And so... no. Um, what was your emotional state? What were you thinking was going on? Um, were you hopeful about, uh, recovering and, uh, having a good management plan in place? Yeah. So after speaking to the osteo and, um, you know, they did a little bit of this and they said, Oh, I'll just rest it for a couple of weeks. And so you sort of, I've always recovered from injuries. I've never had an injury that's lasted um, this long before. So I just thought, okay, it's this little bit of rest. And then when it wasn't recovering, and my goal is to do the Melbourne Marathon um, in 2020 in October. So a bit of panic started to set in and um, I thought, oh, this, this treatment's really not working. So um, after speaking um, to a colleague who referred me to you, um, she's a runner as well. So I thought, okay, resting is not working and I, I really need this to get better um, rather than it get worse. So, you know, my immediate thing was I, I've torn it, there's any tear, there's been a something and I just went into, oh, great, I'm going to have to have an operation. So you just, you don't know because, you know, doctors explain to you things that seem really bad and long-term, you know, you maybe they spent a month off doing something and so I was just you know, looking for other ways that I can treat this and still keep active at the same time. So, um, yeah, a bit of anxiety and um, worry, I think, initially. Yeah, so, definitely, yeah. especially when you get that MRI result that shows that um, level of damage. It can be, um, mm. it can lead to quite a panic. At the time yeah. of seeing me, what was your levels of physical activity um, I wasn't, I was backing off the running altogether at some stage for a couple of weeks. I didn't know running, but I was, I'm still pretty active in terms of the gym. So I, I weight bear, uh, weight train at least three times a week. And then I was starting to jump on the bike, um, at the gym, um, just to keep some cardio fitness up. So that was when I started to see you, I wasn't running at all or if it was like maybe one or two k's just to, to keep moving but I sort of it wasn't worth me doing that sort of thing but at the time I, I really tried to rest for a couple of weeks with no running at all but but weight bearing exercises so yeah. yeah and were you managing quite well in the gym symptom wise yeah I, I was seeing um sort of like a, a trainer at the gym who's um he's quite good with rehab in terms of lower body sort of running rehab exercises so he was giving me a few exercises to do and um just to keep my legs you know to, to keep those muscles active but other than that that was about all i was i was doing at that stage and okay stage. and was that symptom free or um any no, pain during or afterwards um there was still pain during um and then the next day i always measured my pain by the next day so during it you could always feel it but it, it wasn't to a point where i 
there's a few things I couldn't do, but the next day if I pulled up really sore, that's when I sort of knew things that I needed to not keep doing. Okay. Um, what yeah. were some of the things that you couldn't do at the time? Um, I couldn't do a squat, couldn't do like a, a barbell squat. I couldn't do um, anything on my, on my tippy toes, you know, even doing things with a TRX. I, could, I couldn't even weight bear on, on my um, left leg. Um, I couldn't do any single leg sit-to-stands. Um, deadlifts I could do, but, you know, very lightweight. Um, yeah, that sort of thing. No lunges at all. Um, yeah, anything that was weight-bearing, especially, especially with single-legged weight-bearing things I couldn't do. So Yeah, sure. And like I was saying before, that just increases the demand of that patella tendon so much that it's probably just gone a bit beyond. And yeah. I often talk to people about the um, pain, rest, weakness, downward spiral that uh, people tend to have and just getting a glimpse of your history and seeing that you were fit enough to run 10K and then um, was advised to stop running and mm. to, uh, you know, rest it and wait for a couple of weeks. And then that le- not only did it um, not resolve the issue, but it's also mm. led to daily activities also becoming painful. That's a pretty yeah. classic sign of this um, pain, rest, weakness, downward spiral, because that capacity of the tendons now gone from 10 Ks to unable to walk, which is, um, yeah, very intriguing, very useful for me to know um, moving forward, but then getting mm. a glimpse of your gym workouts and the amount of running that you were doing at the time of seeing you working out, okay, how strong is this tendon now? Like can mm. you, what can you tolerate? Where, where can we use as a starting point? And can you maybe explain um, for people who aren't aware how the tendon was responding if you were to go for, say, a 4K run? Um, yep. what the symptoms would be like leading up, um, leading up to the rate. Or, yeah. And then like sort of afterwards and the next day, that sort of thing. Yep. Um, with any run that I did the first step, so any, any stepping or weight bearing on, on my left side was just, it felt like there was someone stabbing me in the, right in the, um, in the tendon. And the first couple of Ks was, it was always the most painful. And then, as I started to warm up, it felt a little bit better, but that constant um, stabbing feeling with every step that I took with running, um, what the pain was there and um, running faster made it worse. And the day after any faster run, so if I was reducing, you know, trying to go a bit quicker, the pain was, even to touch, was excruciating. And um, I had my daughter lean on my knee the other day and I just screamed because it was just so it didn't feel inflamed but it was um obviously really sore after i had i had run so um the pain numbs a little bit as you keep going but the pain is always there it's constant it doesn't go away and then the next day seems to be seems to be worse and just quickly chiming in here to let you scholars know i have just updated my five-day injury prevention challenge This is one email per day for five days, learning new concepts and diving into the science on how you can reduce your risk of injury. The sign-up link is in the show notes, so fill in your details and I'll be waiting for you in email number one tomorrow. Just extending the leg is painful and I couldn't do that a few times either. So um, yeah, that's sort of the best way I can describe the pain. So just as a quick glimpse, you would... 
notice um, a lot of pain initially as you're just starting your run. And then as you warm up, you say it sort of has this like numbing and you can feel like you can um, tolerate Mm. a bit more. And then afterwards, you notice it's a bit more sore, but then the next day is a bit worse. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so that it was always, it's always, and it didn't look any different. My legs, I didn't look, I couldn't see any obvious swelling, but just the amount of um, pain the next day. Even you know, um, I'm a teacher, so getting down on the floor and getting a back, getting back up was always worse. Going down slopes or you know in inclines, going down was always more painful the next day. Um, yeah, so that's that's the best way I can describe. So the days after, you know, even going for a little run. Not even big yeah. Run, so yeah, and um, I should probably add that the test that we got you to do was some single leg sit to stands and seeing what the level of pain was like with that. Um, I got you hopping on one side, then hopping mm. on the other, and seeing what the difference was like in terms of pain, but also in terms of power. And we noticed that there was a, quite a <laughs> yeah, we noticed yeah, quite no a great power. discrepancy there, and. Um, mm which is a big concern for anyone who wants to continue to run without symptoms if they are mm. not being able to generate enough power with uh, yeah. their leg in hopping, then there's no way they'd be able to run. And we sort of mm. established that as the single leg sit to stand and the hopping as a bit of a test, retest yeah. down the track to see yeah. if we're still moving along the way we'd like to. Um, yeah. So just in my thoughts, what's going on when, when I am seeing this sort of presentation is okay. It's most likely to be the patella tendon. Um, if there is any degenerative or strain or tear part of that tendon, what we're trying to do is preserve and restore the strength of any part of the surrounding healthy tendon. And based on what you're uh, reporting symptom wise, when you go for a run, if it warms up, tends to get a little bit better. And then, is worse afterwards, a lot worse the next day. It's behaving mm. a lot like a tendon. And so just combining mm. these um, bits of information to help come up with a clinical diagnosis. Um, yeah. The bits of information, okay, when at the time of seeing you for the first session, okay, you weren't able to tolerate a 5K run. I think you said mm. um, a 4K run was a little bit worse um, yep. the next day. So the 4 or 5K distance, um, wasn't being tolerated there's reduced amount of power and propulsion with your hopping um also adding that you have your goal of uh the marathon in october so we're just um building these bits of information coming up with a a management plan and so the first steps that we had in place was um to start with some isometrics and as a good management plan and kind of put together a bit of a an exercise spectrum and i know I'm, you're already familiar with all this but i'm just trying to educate mm-hmm. <laughs> anyone yep. who might yeah, be good. listening so as an idea that we had to establish a um, a starting point was put together a bit of a spectrum of <clears throat> on one side of the spectrum being quite low level double leg um wall sits and all the way on the other side of the spectrum being some plyometrics, some heavy, powerful kind of exercises. And we used um, alternate jumping lunges as an exercise for that. And then every exercise in between as you go from that left to right um, spectrum, just adding a little bit more load, a little bit more load through the tendon. 
And I set you a couple of instructions when you were to do those and I've written them down. Hang on just one sec. Uh, So the rule number one was to be chasing around about a three or a four out of 10 pain during the actual exercise. And there's good evidence to show that sometimes with lower leg tendinopathies, especially once they start getting a bit chronic, having a bit of pain during the exercise is actually okay as long as there's no irritation afterwards. And so I set the goal of about three to four out of 10 pain um, on whatever exercise you decide to start with on that spectrum. And if you start with a particular exercise and it's more than a four out of 10, you need to start heading more towards the easier side of the exercises. And if an exercise in particular was less than three, then you had my permission to sort of advance to more of the more difficult loaded exercises. Um, So that was rule number one, making sure you're chasing this three to four out of 10 pain throughout the exercises. Um, The rule number two was to make sure there's no irritation for more than five minutes after the exercise. um, And you can progress. Rule number three was you can progress uh, up or down on the levels of difficulty on any given day or even in between sets Um, for the dosages, I gave you three sets of 45 seconds twice a day. Um, And then some instructions about you can do some isometrics. So like say some uh, wall sits before and after running to help with pain levels. And this was one that uh, does well is beneficial for some people, but not, um, not everyone but it is good to see if you were to isometrically load a tendon like an Achilles or a glute or a knee um, before a run, it might actually help produce a bit more power and give you Mm. a bit more confidence for when you start running. So it might be something that a runner who does have a tendinopathy can implement uh, further down the track if they just want to test it out and see if they do start to feel a bit better with their run because it can definitely help as a management plan moving forward, just a little bit of knowledge for them to, to add in. And so from implementing this over the first couple of weeks, um, were you seeing any results? Were you getting any benefit out of this management plan? Oh, 100%. And that, I think that gave me a, it was like, oh, this is this is going to fix me in a week's time. Um, <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't do an isometric hold on one leg when I first um, started it. So within a week, I, I felt a lot stronger and a lot less pain um, when I was running. But I was only running again, you know, four and a half, five, five and a half k's. I wasn't doing any more than that. Um, and I was starting to squat at the gym. Um, I think I was squatting, I think I got up to 80 kilos again without any pain or um, any irritation the next day. So I was like, oh, this is, I'm fixed, you know, um, two weeks and it, it's, it's all good. But that isometric hold was sort of my test um, because I couldn't do that when I first started the program. So, you know, as I, as I was going, that was getting less painful and I could do it you know, easily. Then I started to, I went, I did the plyometrics once or twice and I just thought, oh, okay, that's not, not, not under my pain um, tolerance. So I just kept referring back, but to squat again was, was really good. Like I haven't hadn't done um, loaded squats like that for, for a long time. So um, yeah, it definitely did work. And it was just, it, it just, for me being pretty stubborn, you think, oh, 
it's going to it's all fixed now i can i can just go back and increase my running k's which is which hasn't been the case but um yeah it just it just shows you how you ne- how strong that tendon needed to be in order to increase those k's i think that was that was a bit of a wake up call that's not going to be fixed in you know a week's time and um but those exercises to have that to have that spectrum was better than having you know what a typical sort of I suppose physio would give you maybe you know three sets of this and then stop and then three sets of that and then stop but this was more to do with pain tolerance which was really good um so you could sort of move up and back um as you as you felt your your pain increase or decrease so yeah Okay. And I did give you the instructions. I'll give you permission to start at around 4K doing mm. those like at a slow pace while you were yeah. implementing this spectrum of exercises. And you said you started yeah. noticing some positive benefits. Uh, would yep. you say that the pain levels were diminishing during a run or was it just the squats and the um, um, those loaded exercises? You know, during the run as well. During the run, it was like, oh, this is, I felt really good. I felt, I kept coming, you know, home from a run going, oh, that, that felt good, I felt good, that felt, you know, pain wasn't hardly hardly there. So um, but I was I was sticking to the to the K's that I was meant to be sticking to um, as advised by yourself. So um, yeah, definitely felt stronger and less pain um, yeah. as I was running. Yeah. I think just reflecting myself on this, um, maybe uh, writing down some expectations might have been a bit more advantageous for you instead of just mm. as soon as you start feeling better in two weeks thinking, yeah. you know, you can go back to having full freedom with the running. Yeah. Um, yeah, because it was about not, two yeah. weeks ago where you didn't really necessarily increase or you're slowly starting to increase the mileage, but mm. you had your first flare up when you actually backed off the case a little bit, but increased your speed. Is that right? Yeah, hundred percent. I I went on. I think it was last Friday. I I went out and did some sprints, and um, it was about six k's that I covered. And my time per kilometer is usually at this stage about five fifty, and I was running at five seventeen. And I haven't run that fast for a long time. And um, <laughs> during I felt I, I feel pretty good, but then as soon as I got home and the hour next the next hour, I had my knee. Um, on ice, elevated, could hardly could hardly move. The next day was really, really painful, and that's when I thought, okay, you can't increase the pace um, if you can't increase the case. You know, it was one or the other, and it definitely pace is not is not on the agenda right now. That's for yeah. sure. So, yeah, I think it was the week before that, or a couple of weeks before that, you were going still around four or five k's, mm. and then you, and yeah. then I think that run was about six k's and you said you did some sprints was it like interval sprints or was it just like a a whole six k's at a slightly faster pace um i I did about a 2k warm-up and then i did i think it was about four or five 200 meter sprints on on grass just next to an oval next to me um just to try and get heart rate up a little bit and I, i actually did feel really good during that that and then literally when i i got home and you know, within an hour, I thought, oh, okay, it, it's flared up, um, and it was really sore to touch for days on after that. So, um, yeah, that was a bit of a okay, a bit <laughs> of a wake up call. Pace. <laughs> yeah, wake up call. You're not fixed. <laughs> it's not. Yeah. You're not 100 percent yet. So, yeah, because yeah. we are yeah. looking at a tendon that has been 
very irritated for almost mm. um, four months, four plus yeah. months. And yeah. it's going to take a bit more time, a bit more patience to work through. Mm. But I'm glad that people can listen to this because it shows the importance, especially when it comes to tendons, how important um, speed is and power yeah. and the requirements of that tendon as soon as you start to apply that really fast twitch explosive kind of movements, how much load is required through that tendon. And if you were to um, do a slow four or five K and then you were to slowly build up to say a slow eight K, I would still be very, um, very cautious about doing a a fast four K. It's you're dealing with these two different factors of intensity, but also duration and, Yeah, those tendons um, are really, really susceptible as soon as the um, that speed increases. And so, yeah. did it uh, coming back and having that reality check? Did that tendon settle down in time, or um, how long was it irritated for? Um, a good, probably three days. It was really sore for, and then I decided to. <laughs> Because I had some time, I thought oh, I'll just go and run. I'll just go and run for eight k's. And the first three and a half kilometers, I think I was limping while I was running. And a few times, I thought about running back home just to because I'm like, what am I doing? This is silly. Then I sat. Then the pain started to go away a little bit. Um, and so I did end up doing eight k's, but the pain was, you know, still there. Um, the whole time and limping while I'm running. I'm like, this is just, what am I doing? I think I was just in my head, started to get a bit panicky about, oh, what if I can't run 10K? What if I, and I, I'm going to do run for the kids in a few weeks. Let's just see how we go. And it was like, nah, you just, it's not ready. It's not ready to, to keep to keep pushing forward at this stage. And I really had to, that was another wake-up call. Yeah. <laughs> Two wake-up calls in four days. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so that was... um. The pain wasn't as bad going slower, even though it was going further, but it was still irritated for most of the run. Probably yeah. probably at the same level it was a couple of months ago. So, Yeah, and I would say that it's probably um, that level of irritation back to what it was like previously, so probably couldn't tolerate oh, yeah. the slow um, Ks that you're used to and we had to maybe backpedal even further back to rebuild. Uh, we probably should have mentioned that you did have that little added mini goal of doing run for the kids, which is in a couple yeah. of weeks. And yep. um, about four weeks ago when we started working together, I sort of, um, <laughs> I, I said it, it's, well, I'm not completely ruling it out, but um, it was uh, unlikely, but yep. the, um, it just had to come a, a, with a lot of correct decisions and then like a bit of luck mm. just to see how that tendon responds. Yeah. Because when we're dealing with a, the level of irritation like this and with it being you know, four plus months, it's kind of hard to predict. And it was mm. kind of teetering on the balance of, okay, would you be ready for that uh, run for the kids or not? But um, what was I moving on to after this? Um, so talking about the management from here um, and seeing that you had these recent flare-ups and I guess it was a bit of a lack of direction as well. Once you started feeling a bit better, like what to do mm. next. Um, so we decided to implement a running program, which I sent to you the other day um, because I was a bit, um, you were frustrated and I was also a little bit annoyed for 
Um, yes. Why being things? flared yes. up as well. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And this is what, like you say several times, you are quite the stubborn runner. And yep. as soon as um, I see this so many times, as soon as people start feeling really good, they mm. they almost get, they just get overexcited. Okay, I'm back. And I remember yes, once when yes. I had my, I had a couple of knee issues and I was probably running about four or five Ks and I had a couple of weeks of feeling really good. I'm like, I'm finally back. I did a 10K run mm. and then my knee flared up the next day. And yep. Yep. it's those, um, those real go-getters that are kind of in danger when that, that sort of presentation happens. And so yep. um, I offered to you, okay, let's have a little bit more direction. Let's have this run plan. And mm. the next like four to six weeks is very uh, conservative, kind of within your tolerance, but... I have implemented in there some slowly building up the Ks, like I'm talking one <laughs> yeah. to two Ks per week, but then yeah. also Im- implementing uh, intensity. So the intensity is quite low. Um, yes. Out of 10 is yeah. around about three or four um, yeah. for most of the runs. And yeah. then slowly, like I think it was a week four or something, doing back-to-back days, a lot of them are yeah. spaced out throughout the week. So three runs with um, one to two days rest, rest in between. between. But yep. then implementing, okay, how will you tolerate running, say, 6Ks mm. back-to-back on week four or yep. five or something like that. And, yeah, week four, yeah. Uh, then just slowly building it up. And I thought you'd look at it and be like, oh, God, no. Like <laughs> the Ks are way too <laughs> low than what I needed. But it, the, next, um, the next four or five weeks will be slow and you need to be patient and you do need to do some cross-training yeah. outside of these days. But yep when you're experiencing something so irritated and severe and any little jump is now just flaring it up. Um, we need to be four or five weeks pain free before we can start really, um, getting a good ramp up, um, by ramping it up, say three to four to five Ks per week after that. Mm. Um, it just help solidify or help that tendon calm down as much as we can. And I think you even, Mm. um, mentioned to me the other day it's still tended to touch and it's still tended to activate after um, a couple of those flare-up runs yeah so um when you do experience those flare-ups um if you go for a 6k longer run and Mm. you notice that they're okay i've overdone now um what sort of emotions are you coming through what are you thinking about when uh you experience that um oh it's just frustration I think um because you think lungs wise my lung my lungs are willing but the knees not <laughs> um frustration I get a little like I said I've got this goal in my mind and you know people have said just change it to next year I'm like no it's just it's something that I really want to um do you know it's, it's long so that's why I'm like okay no run for the kids it's a long it's long term goal not short term goal and um you're just scared that you're never going to be able to do it. You know, you're never, never going to recover. And just, yeah, just frustration because, you you know, you want to and your your, your mind is ready. Motivation is there, but the body hasn't quite caught up to, to where you want it to be. So um, for me, if I have got something in my mind, that's it's the be all and end all. So to have um, the body not responding to where the, the, the mind is, is is quite frustrating. So, yeah. There's a discrepancy between what your mind's capable of and what your body's capable of. Mm, that's right. That's right. And that's mm. why it's like, you know, 
your, the running app that you use tells you, oh, you, you know, you got this personal best today. And you're like, oh, okay, good, that's good. And then you're having to go back to what you started, you know, two months ago and you think, oh, you know, that's, um, yeah, it's pure frustration, pure yeah. frustration. But you have to trust trust the experts and trust what they're saying. And like I said, my colleague who's, um, you know, she, she's a runner, she's, she's like, just listen, just listen and listen to your body and listen to what, um, Brady's telling you and um, don't try and fix it yourself and yeah you really and for me having this program in my you know printed out up on the wall and following it I'm I will follow it um, so because it's it's you know it's weekly it's the three runs um, I'm much better in terms of following programs like that rather than if you then someone saying you know, in two weeks' time do this, where this is very specific, which is really good for someone like me. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do it. Uh, and I've said to people that want to run with me, I, I can't run with you. I'm running. This is what I'll be doing for the next five weeks. And um, you're going to have to just go by yourselves, I think. So, um, yeah, so we're just going to give the next five weeks a, a real real hard crack and I'm going to listen and I'm going to do the rehab and I'm, you know, going to, keep doing what I need to do and keep that long-term goal um, in mind. So, yeah. Very good. I think that's a good point that you make as well um, because running with friends can Mm. be very social and, you know, it's why a lot of people run. But in scenarios such as yourself, it can be quite dangerous because you don't want to slow everyone else down and you want to still do the same distance as everyone else and make sure, well, almost prove to them and prove to yourself that you can, um, you're still yeah. with the pack and you're still with your friends. But yeah. um, it is a good point to make that if you want to still socialize, you you have to still follow that regimented plan. Okay, this is yeah, how far I'm right. going. This is how fast yeah. I'm going. And if um, you yourself don't like, you know, slowing things down with your friends, then yeah, it might just be best for the short term just yeah. to be running on your own. Um, yeah, which is what I'm, I'm going to do. And when it comes to the 8K times, maybe I'll, I'll you know, get those ones to, to do it. But some people rely on you for motivation. You're like, don't rely on me for the next five weeks because, <laughs> I don't, I, you know, I would do my thing and I, I have to think about my knee and the longevity of it. And, you know, I want to run well. I don't want to just cross the line in, in October. So, um, yeah, that's that's what's keeping me sane. And, um yeah, knowing that there's going to be progress in, yeah. you know, six weeks' time. So, yeah. And that's the thing. Like if you just were to look back four weeks ago and go back to the time when you said you were actually starting to feel really good, that was just mm. two to three weeks of just making the right mm. decisions. And, yep. yes, the last two weeks have been presented with, you know, a couple of poor de- poorer decisions. Yeah. But that might have just been lack of guidance. But at least if you can be very hopeful to know that like look in the past mm. I've just done two three weeks of the right things and I've felt so yeah. much better how yeah. about if I just yep. continue that trend um yeah what I'm capable of and so if that um allows you to be hopeful and there's this um light at the end of the tunnel there's uh, mm. evidence that that is uh, that you're capable of that yeah yeah 100% and that's what's you know it's only what it's only march so I've got time so um, if I don't listen to the instructions and I, I, you know, if I don't follow what I'm meant to be doing, then it's not going to happen. And I think I'd be really annoyed with myself 
because I've had all the information and given the guidance, so I just have to follow it now. And um, I'm glad I didn't listen to the doctor who said no, no running for three months. So this is, um, yeah, I, I've always said to people, don't listen to your doctor, go to someone that knows <laughs> what they're talking about. So At least a running um, doctor. Most doctors don't Yeah, run well, that. running doctor, no. <laughs> most doctors say anything more than 10Ks is silly. So, um, yeah, I, I sort of took it with a grain of salt, really, just to went, yep, tell me what it says and move on from there. So, um, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm keen to see with me doing this, you know, 100% um, how we go. So, yeah. And it's it's good that we can get you on to tell this part of your story because you're in the middle of it. It's not a, a happy ending where, you know, you did this, 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 and now you have no more knee pain. Um, I yeah, thought I'd get right. you on to share this story because, yeah, you are in the middle of it. This is the trickiest part right here. Yeah. And if, yep. you, um, if you were to look back four months when you first started getting this knee pain and you're thinking, oh, this might just be a couple of weeks and then mm. I'm good. But then, um, then a month no, down the track, yeah. oh, if I just do a couple of weeks of doing this, then I'm on the right track. But it's just a series of um, yeah. flare-ups and um, this downward spiral. And then you look four months down the track and you're pretty much where you're at day one, if not a bit worse. Yeah. And yeah, that's right. it's like, do I have to, do I continue this trend? And does this four months become mm. 12 months or do I really do the right things? Do I really um, dig deep and know what to do and implement exactly what to do um, to start seeing the other side? And it can easily, um, I hear a lot of stories of tendinopathies, you know, two plus years. And Mm. that is um, somewhat led with a lot of um, poorer decisions or mismanagement, misguidance from say doctors and other osteos and other physios who may not have um, the correct knowledge or the correct advice to give them for management plans. And so um, if you put your frame of mind into that time frame and say to yourself, okay, it's been four months of just these of my symptoms, this is what my symptoms have been. Let's reverse that. Let's start making better decisions or let's start yeah, right. doing something different than what I've done the last four months. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm, I'm doing this marathon. I've done a couple before, but I was, you know, it was, um, four years ago and, and seven years ago. So I am older. Um, you know, I've had a couple of kids, you know, I've got three kids, so the body's, it's body, it's just different. And so I just have to be, not assume that it's going to work. I'm not going to recover as quick as I would have done seven years ago. So I just need to um, get that into my head as well, that I can't just do, I can't just do it and then deal with the consequences later on. So um yeah, I, I'm I'm conscious of it. Yeah. Also, this time around, yeah. Fantastic. Um, I know a lot of runners; they learn the hard way. I know myself; I've made a, I've learned a lot of lessons the hard way, and mm. it's it's also by sharing these sort of stories and um, just delving into what you're dealing with right now. It also helps runners, and I know tendinopathies that are so prevalent and so Uh, can be so chronic in the whole running population. So thanks for coming on and sharing what you're going through and sharing your story. Uh, It's helping a lot of runners out there who are going through very similar situations. And like I said, we either learn the hard way. I know, you know, you've learned a a few lessons the hard way the last couple of weeks and the last couple of months. Um, (laughs) But 
sharing it and having a runner listen to these sort of stories can also help them learn without them going through that hard path. So Kaz, thanks for coming on, uh, sharing this whole scenario that you're going through and sharing your whole story. No problem. Looking forward to positive reports in a couple of months time. (laughs) Fantastic. Yeah. (laughs) Um, we might even, um, I might even keep the audience an update on how you're going, um, and keep everything on track. So I'll give you a bit of accountability to start listening to more of your homework. (laughs) (laughs) I'll start doing my homework and listening to my, my, um, my, um, the right people. (laughs) Yes. Very good, Kaz. All right. We're going to finish up there. Thanks once again. No worries. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Running Smarter Podcast. I hope you can see the impact this content will have on your future running. If you want to continue expanding your knowledge, please subscribe to the podcast and keep listening. If you want to learn quicker, jump into the Facebook group titled Become a Smarter Runner. If you want tailored education and physio rehab, you can personally work with me at breakthroughrunning.physio. Thank you so much once again. And remember, knowledge is power.